There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Oh, it's a Friday. We're happy about that here at My Talk 107.1. Welcome back to the Lori and Little Miss Sunshine Show. Didn't get that, did you? No, say that again, Daddy. I said, "Welcome back to the Lori and Little Miss Sunshine yeah, Show." Yeah, right. Oh my word, don't I know it? I get all this stuff off mic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Feeling better, Julia? No. No. Okay. No, I'm really not. Thank you for asking. Thank you for asking. But we're ready to play Shazam. Oh, Shazam, well, and we're Facebooking live at which my oh. mom really enjoys. Does she oh, like say, this? Hi, Mutti. Hey, okay. Mutti. Here we go. You guys know that song? Time for Lori and Julia to beat, beat Shazam. Shazam. All right, here we go. I think you'll probably get this one from the 60s pretty easy, I think. The Seekers. Georgia Girls. I'm a rock. Come on, guys. I'm an island. Peter, Paul, and Mary. Cat Stevens. The Beatles. The Turtles. No, I can't believe it. The Association. Oh, I'm so disappointed. Who is that? I know this song. I do too. They had had dozens of hits. Okay, the drummers, the turtles. No, it's not the turtles. It's a duo. Oh, oh. Duo. Oh, um, the Uh, Beverly Brothers. Brothers. No. Good Lord, people. It's Simon and Garfunkel. He wins. We knew. We knew that song. (laughs) I am. We like that song. I almost thought of saying them, but I couldn't think of their names. One for Shazam. One for Shazam. And one for everyone driving. Right. I'm going to say this is easy, but you never know. Don't say that. Don't jinx us. Okay. Who is this? the door, you. Frankie, Frankie Valley. Valley. Got, Lori got that first. Frankie you said Valley. Frankie Valley. Uh, did she? I might have, but you. Oh, I'll give it to her. Yeah, you That's knew what right. I meant. Frankie yeah, Valley. We knew who she meant. Oh, wait. One I'm going to use it no, on no. you. Because I said Frankie Valley, but you said Frankie, so I got it. <laughs> I love, I love your theory <laughs> on this, and wonder, this puts me in a really good mood. <laughs> don't. No, see, no, this no, is no, a bad no, mood no, you're no, in that you're trying to reach a non-existent. Okay, go ahead, Dad. One point for Lori. And uh, this, I know Lori's going to get, but Julia, I expect you to jump in and tell us who this is. Bill Collins. Yes, Bill Collins. Here's Lori's me, Ju- favorite Ju- song. Juju, Judio. Susu, Lori oh, I hate Collins. that song. I, I hate that song. song. Two points for okay. Lori, and uh, yeah, let's move into, I think we're into the 90s All now. Right. Here we go. Um, comes, the um, Cure. The Cure. 
I might as well just eat a sandwich while we're playing this game. (laughs) Does anyone have a hot dog? Uh, I'm serious. The boys next door. Donnie, you're so so funny because you're like, two for Lori and let's just keep going. No, three for Lori. No, no, but he doesn't even say zero for me because you're worried I'm fragile. Yeah, we don't want to like... Considering the mood you're in, I don't want to make it You're going to become Dragon and all of a sudden (laughs) flames are going to come out of your mouth. Okay. Okay. Here's the next one from uh, 2000s. The group. The three of them. It's a group. I know it. I love them. I know them. I know them. They sing the pontoon boat song too. They know them too. And Girl Crush. They sing Girl Crush. She has cute blonde hair. The Apple Bottom, Tannenbaum. No. The. The, the band that plays country, but they sing a lot of songs. Yeah. Well, that's a good try. It's Lady Antebellum. Lady Antebellum. Lady. You had Apple Bottom. It's I was kind of close. You really were, I but you can't have it. I Apple Bottom jeans for a no, second. No, but I was no, like, yeah, Apple, Apple Bottom, Bottom, Bottom Antebellum. Antebellum. I'm impressed. Thank All right, let's you, see if Julia But I'm not giving it to you. No, Shazam clearly No, I don't. I'm, I'm okay Here if I go. don't win today. Well, mm. All right, got one one more for you. Let's visit the uh, the disco era, shall we? Mm, please. Who's this? Sister Sledge. Sister Sledge. Sister Sledge. Very, very good. Sister Sledge. Is it really? I always thought that was the pointer. No. No, Sister Sledge. I got all my sisters and me. There we go. That used to be one of my makeup and, uh, you know, slamming a Miller Lite song before getting ready to go out and go to the disco. (laughs) Good to know. You know, like how you want to have like three beers while you're, you know, (laughs) one beer for the mascara, one beer for the eyeshadow, and one beer for the lips and the cheeks. Okay. I would be drunk by then and have my makeup all over my face. Oh, Julia. I don't know. Party like you. You weren't a professional disco girl like I was up in Duluth. Man, that was a good song to get ready to, though, really. Really? Maybe not three beers, maybe two beers, but for sure two beers. All right. Yeah, I mean, my God, because once we got to the disco, we weren't really drinking. No, you just danced. We wanted to dance and see who was going to get the cutest guys and... You always had to win, didn't you? No, no, I, I, I was one of those smart girls and had two equally beautiful girlfriends, blonde, brunette, and a redhead. Very successful mm-hmm. combination of ring women. Yeah. The we, full menu. It was like a candy store. You know, I'm going to the candy shop. You know, some girls always like, the, I got to be the beautiful one. I got to have just two sort of okay girlfriends. I was like, no. I've never thought more... that in my life. Oh, well. Who would ever even think that when you're picking out girlfriend, like picking them out? Like I want. Well, just some beautiful women have had that thought and they have to Ooh. be with women that are not as pretty as them so that they I can never be had the that queen bee. I give you, you mean girls. I give you mean girls. Look at that happened in that movie. You know? I would never even think that. Well, Julia, you didn't date until you were in your 20s. Oh, for God's sakes. I Here mean, we go. Pointing I mean, out I'm a loser, that'll make me feel better, too. Yeah. Well, I'm here. But, Julia, you didn't even kiss a boy till you no. were married. You wore a tuxedo to the high virgin. school reunion. Oh, Donnie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, you were a later bloomer oh, in for that God's area. Sake. This is all making my self-esteem feel really special but today. But that's all behind you. And oh, aren't you yeah. But way to bring it up and wrap it in the salt. I know. But I feel you don't so really care good about, about that, myself. No, 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 of course not. I don't sure. care really about anything right in now. In high school, you were not going to discos like I was. Of course I wasn't. I was. The drinking age in Wisconsin was 18. 
So when you were 16, if you put on makeup, you could get into a disco and dance. And we wanted to dance. It wasn't that we were drinking. We I wanted never to even dance. went to Uncle Sam's. We wanted to go. We really? wanted to dance with college boys, man. Okay. That wasn't we my wanted thought. To, I know, wanted to stay home and learn how to program a computer. See, you know, I wanted to stay home and study the dictionary. But that's where like you're being four years younger. So when I'm 16, you're 12. So you're not going to disco. No, I'm really not. I was playing tennis against a wall. So that is like playing speed. Yeah, I I love play. I I still play speed. Mm -hmm. That's one of the funnest games. Kind of is it time? It I is. think it is. It really is. That was such a fun memory lane for me. Well, you know. Mm-hmm. Glad everyone knows my high points <laughs> and low points. Well, you're, you're. They're close together. Yeah, they're so close together. I'm stunning. It was too good. She teed it up and handed it to you on a plate. I did. All right, listen, we come back. It is all about you and your randomly delicious and thoughts. Until you take him off the rail. You know, I saw this story the other day. Do you ever notice that? You know, sometimes I wonder what would happen if... And now, Julia's random thoughts. He looks like that puppet. I don't know. He's had cheeky implants. It's just random. That's all it is. Hello. 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 There we are. Hello. Here we are. All right. Here is what we know. Okay. What do we know? Sarcasm, which you guys all have a thick, thick, thick... Whipped tongue in today and well, sarcasm. It's proofs that makes you smarter, except you, Donnie. And no. more- <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh, that's I'm, even low for you, Julie. Oh, really you is. know I'm. Yeah. Come on. It's I sarcasm. can't tease. You, but you being, guys are teasing me. I can't be sarcastic. No, of course you can. Was that sarcastic? Yes. All right. What does sarcasm and make I'm us do? I'm not going to tell you. Probably makes us more clever and creative. It does. Sarcasm. It. So is, good news for me and Lori. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There you go, Donnie. Bada bing. Yeah, he's got you right back. Okay. Okay. What um, are we doing? So the spelling bee had an unprecedented. Unprecedented tie. This has never happened before. Eight spellers won the national spelling bee. What did they run out of words? At the end of 20 rounds, anyone who spelled three words or more correctly would be crowned co- co-champions. After 17 rounds of competition, they oh just said, word. after 20, we're stopping this. Yeah. And this has never happened before. According to the New York Times, the event has had six two-way times ties, excuse me, in the history. But never, but never eight. so many contestants have made it this far. And so all eight winners will take home the full traditional $50,000 prize. Whoa. And they're each getting their own trophy. And when asked, the spellers were asked if they would have preferred the competition kept going. So one of them can, could be a winner. The answer was a unanimous no. Exhausted, I guess. We were all sleepy, and also we wanted to win together. Yeah. It wasn't like something where we were all competing with each other. We were competing together. That's kind of sweet, isn't it? I was always proud of being a good speller. Like, remember, like, you had to get up and spell sometimes? I'm not going to say. No, no. but remember, like, or if you weren't a good speller, didn't there, you say, you'd have to get up and spell a word? Oh, yeah. It would be hell for the people who were bad spellers. And if you're a good speller, it was like you you get to be a little shining star. Mm -hmm. I don't even think they do that anymore. I have no idea. Do they make kids get up and spell out loud in a class anymore? you'd have spelling tests. Yeah, I know. But, like, they'd have little spelling bees in the... Remember that cute little 
um, Broadway show, The Spelling, spelling Bee. I loved yes, that the show. Putnam County Spelling oh, Bee. That was a cute little happy Broadway show. All All right. Right. It was wonderful. Okay, if anyone cares, Mountain yeah. Dew came out with a new Mountain Dew Liberty Brew. Say that five times. Mountain Dew Liberty Brew. Sounds like yeah. a beer. I know, but it has. it's a soda that honors the 50 states of America by combining 50 different flavors into one. And what color do you think it is? Muddy brown? Bright blue. Bright blue? It tastes like grape berries, tropical fruits, all mixed together. Well, probably the Dew lovers will... I don't know. People who love Mountain Dew love it, the original. I, That's why you don't have never seen Mountain Dew go off and do all these little... Eight, well, they're eight. doing it right now. I know, but I think it's not going to really take off. You don't think so? I don't. The Dew lovers love the Dew the way the Dew is. <laughs> oh god okay That's good. okay hey, let now, me be your let me be your slogan jingle writer you, would you please Go ahead. would you please okay um if you are wondering now this it didn't happen at Cher's concert in alberta but it's going to happen at other concerts now they're charging a premium for aisle seats god, I but you're it. not going to get the aisle seats specifically if you request an aisle seat you could get the aisle the one next to it, the one next to it, or as many as fourth in. Ugh. And there's a premium. <laughs> Can you imagine? I would be mad if I requested an aisle seat and paid a premium and I'm the fourth seat in. That would be something. What do you think the triggers are that make people answer or look at their phone? Just to look at your phone. What are some of the triggers? According to the University of Washington. If it does the fact that it buzzes. <laughs> Make sure to look at it. You can hear it in your purse, like you're, you're dressing. You know, you can hear it. You no, know, what makes it. us pull out her phone? Our buzzing. That yeah, wasn't even. That didn't even make the list. Well, I mean, it should because that's the thing that get, causes people the most stress is that they can't look at their phone and they know they're getting notifications and they can. It raises their cortisol level, their stress level. They're studying this right now. <laughs> They are, Julia, I'm telling you. <laughs> Unoccupied moments like boredom, people just pull out oh, their phones. Oh, you're asking me why do people yes. use their phones? Yes. Okay, why? that would be the good way of wording it. Uh, they're bored. They're pretending that they don't want to pre- look like they're lonely. So right, they, socially awkward So they pull situation. out their phone and they pretend to talk. If they're waiting for someone <laughs> at a bar. It. I've done it. Wait yeah. a minute. You've pretended to talk yep. on your cell phone? Oh, why not? Absolutely. Why would you do that? Because I, I'm trying to avoid talking to somebody. <laughs> yes. So you put your phone up and you just give the one finger and you're like, eh, I don't want to touch that. And I just absolutely just start talking Jeez. into my phone. Yeah. Oh, I've done this a million times. Oh, my. Yeah. Probably I think done it's it to a good. Me. Huh? What, Danny? She's probably done it to me. Well, <laughs> I bet I she has. I don't think so, but no, like, never. Like, we don't even have a phone here. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. We're dying. Yes, yeah. I do. No, do we don't? don't. We don't even have a phone. I mean, we have ourselves, oh, but de- we don't even have a desk phone. No, well, you do. You just don't want to use it. Yeah. All right. What do you think of a shoe condom? 
Well, you know how people want to protect their tennis their shoes right tennis now, shoes, so and like all the, the old rubber galoshes. Yeah, but they're clear. They're light. They're see through. They're kind of like a galosh. I kind of don't mind it. If you're going to a muddy event and you don't want to... Well, don't wear white shoes to a muddy event. Don't wear your sneaks that mean so much to you that you don't want them to get dirty. All right, fine. You got to have like an assortment of shoes. Of of tennis shoes. Of tennis. People are so like, oh, all up in their clean tennis shoe business. There's got to be like, you know... Something. Just... People are just, they're nuts about keeping everything looking so pristine. And I always wonder, how do you keep that white, white on they the rubber? They sell the stuff at the mall, Lori. But how does to it, it work? White. Yes, you use shout wipes works. I've used um, Clorox bleach and right. a toothbrush. Because some of the dress Even shoes now. Even the sandals and they put the white I know they things. do. It's very hard to, they don't. But you can wipe them clean with bleach. I don't think that ever really gets clean again, Juliet. I've done it. All right. But if you don't believe it's, it's happened. It's like once you get a stain in a great pair of underwear, they're never the same again. Oh. <laughs> I mean, okay. oh. they're just really not. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, think about how many periods of ruined great oh. underwear. Oh, my god. And then you start to, then you just like get smart and have period underwear. I mean, that's what you do. <laughs> or wear panty shields or mini pads along but with tampons. still, no matter what, it happens. And then you just had to set aside a pile in your underwear called period underwear. <laughs> true. And they were big cotton granny panties and they're comfy and have you room could for not your wear bloated a thong when you stomach. Your yeah. Nobody's <laughs> wearing a thong when they're, got the, you know, that going on. Jeez. <clears throat> anyway. Do you still have period underwear? Yeah, I still have a pile of period underwear. You do not. No, I, don't, I hope you've thrown them out. I think, you know, probably I did. I hope so. Who do you think the celebrity is most, most Americans want, most Americans, most people want to have a drink with? Oh, wow. Oh, boy, there'd be so many so people. Many. Uh, George Clooney, I'd love to have a drink with mm-hmm. George. He I'd, didn't make the list. I'd really? love to have a drink Mm-mm. with. Uh, Somebody in politics, maybe? No, I can't think of anyone in politics. Well, like there's there's one celebrity. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. There's an iconic spot. Is it music? It's actor? alive. It's alive. Oh. A person who's alive. Oh, David Hasselhoff? No. No. <laughs> Betty White. Oh. She's 97, you guys. Mm. Betty White. Yeah. Runners up were Bill Gates, Denzel Washington, oh. Oprah Winfrey, and Lady Gaga. Betty White. Well, I I, would do it. Yeah, I would too. I'd go all in for that one. Yeah, absolutely. So I think they were right on about that. When we come back, when is D-Day? June 6th. 6th.
Johnny. Thank you for playing some patriotic That music. is the theme song from the movie about D-Day, The Longest Day. Oh, it is. Yes. That's a girl again. Early 60s. Great movie. Great movie. Yeah. Are okay. we back in that decade again that We're I can't remember? We are, we, we are. This was such a great, uh, you know, story. And it was on, um, I think they had it on because uh, Tom Brokaw is going to Normandy next week, June 6th, the 75th anniversary of the landing of D-Day. And um, probably be the last year that any actual survivors will actually be there. And I have kind of become like this D-Day. You guys not, went there. Not even not even a fan, but like intensely. Like two years ago, I went to the... Uh, Normandy. Well, two years ago, I just went to Normandy this last past September. But two years ago when we were in New Orleans, we went to the World War II Museum that Tom Hanks did. And I found out that D-Day was like... Two years in the making, oh, yeah. and they faked out the Germans, right. and they did these fake paratroopers, and mm-hmm. all this. They made Hollywood made fake things that looked and resembled from a distance, like they were tanks. Yep. Mm-hmm. It, it was so fascinating to me to think of the junction of Hollywood intersecting with the military. That it was this two year thing. I I did just didn't really know that, and that was a fascinating, amazing museum that Tom Hanks helped do the fundraising for in um, New Orleans. And then, yes, last September, Casey and I, um, uh, when we went uh, to France, we just really went, we're going to Paris to be, you know, bums for nine days. But I was like, we've got to go. Yeah, but oh, we, my God. I know, but we were. But I said, let's go to Normandy. And it is because it's like three hours from Paris. Right. It's up, it's a track. It's a track. Mm-hmm. It's on the Normandy coast. But I I said let's go there, and it was incredibly powerful and moving. Probably because it looks like the day that we were there, it was forty two degrees and misty and great. Our 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 tour guide said this is what it was like on uh, June sixth, but. It is exactly the same. Nothing has been built mm. on those beaches. The little towns have fly French and American flags. The American mm. uh, uh, um, cemetery is there with, you know, five or 6,000, you know, uh, marble crosses with people's names on them mm. on the bluff side. Mm-hmm. There's not development. There's not hotels. It is... They re- hallowed they- ground, yeah. and in some of the places, some of the beaches, because it's it's a number of beaches going. There are, you know, where there are bunkers, there are underground things, there's artillery. It's very, it, it's really just like quite eye opening. And of course, who hasn't seen Band of Brothers or Saving Private Ryan? Right. And right. and so we kind of have it in our consciousness. But there really was something. I know Rocco. Our guy here, yes. he, he's he, going. Yes, I know. And um, just bring a raincoat with a hood because it's way up. It's the Atlantic, Normandy coast. Mm-hmm. It could be cold it and rainy. Be cold right. channel, yeah. But it is really, really a powerful moving. And there's just, it's it's cool. So anyway, um, Tom Brokaw wanted to get together with Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg and revisit the whole filming of Saving Private Ryan because that movie more than any other movie other than the actual, there is some footage from photojournalists that were there that recreate what that was all about. So let's go. There had been a lot of World War II films before yours. 
a lot of them in the eyes and judgment of some of the veterans at the end couldn't quite pull the trigger on how hard it was. Well, I've never been to war. Um, uh, this you know, is I'm a Steven filmmaker, Spielberg. but I also didn't want to rely on my imagination because it's a dangerous thing to have made science fiction and fantasy films and then apply all that to a historical subject such as the Omaha Beach landings. Nevertheless, Steven Spielberg set out to do just that as a tribute to his father, Arnold, a World War II veteran. If we pulled this off in the right way and it stood the test of time, this was going to stand in in some small way for what those kids experienced at 6.30 in the morning on June 6, 1944. I, you know, I'm getting it confused with Band of Brothers. Well, yeah, you know, but Saving Private right. Ryan is about, you know, yep. I mean, big part I of it, that landing right, the first yeah. on D-Day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the Allied invasion of Normandy. And uh, so let's go ahead and play the okay. next one. That's who you're hearing is Steven yeah. Spielberg and Tom, Tom Hanks. Oh, Tom, Tom Hanks and okay. Tom Brokaw. He put his actors through a rigorous boot camp under the command of Marine Captain Dale Dye to bond them to the mission and to each other. The legend of it now is that we were out in the freezing cold woods for, you know, weeks and weeks. I think it was really only five days, um, but it was... <laughs> and it, catered. Uh, yeah, it, it was a substantial uh, five days. We were up at 10 to 6 getting yelled at and hollered at, and we had to wolf down some food. And we had to go off and march through the rain wearing full packs and whatnot. Our weapons were real, and they were heavy. When a fake ambush happens at 3 o'clock in the morning and gets you up out of your tent, you know, your adrenaline gets pumping. And I could not see my hand in front of my face. All I could see was the luminous dial of my Army issue watch. And at the American Cemetery, when you go to Norman, because there are several towns, but most people take like a guided tour. Sure. Like we took a guided. Because well, you want to know the history. And well, yeah. And it's kind of you want to, but there is a, a museum there where they have stuff that, because the French resistance, they were helping, you know, because the Germans were all up and down that coast waiting, but they were all gathered north of Calais, which is where the Hollywood army right, that's fake operation yeah, the where they were trying to psych out Hitler. Right. So they had smaller patches, but they have a very cool museum where there's all kinds of artifacts and what the little motorcycles looked like. And I just kind of... Uh, Telling the story of what, you know, because this is just French countryside. These are people who are fishing Mm -hmm. and, you know, all of a sudden now they, you know, the Germans are there running things and they are trying to, you know, how are we going to get out of this? So here we go. Let's play the next one. Spielberg studied the precious few surviving images by famed combat photographer Robert Kappa to help bring the battle to life. As filmmakers, we took every inch of that beach, and it took us 25 days of shooting to capture 25 minutes of those landings. It was very, very loud. There was a lot of explosions, special effects, you know. They're planting pyrotechnics either on your body <laughs> or, or in the ground. This was a lot of places to get hurt. Every agonizing moment was based on the recollections of veterans who were there. He said, you know, after the first explosion, took my best friend out. He was just in pieces all over the beach. I got sand in my eyes. And when he said I couldn't see anything, I said, you know, let's show the audience what it looks like not to really be able to see very much. And remember how, I mean, it was hard to watch it because we felt like we we were were watching 
watching it. And of course, you know, 160,000 Allied troops landed on the Normandy coast. You had the Canadians up at Juneau Beach. They sort of broke it. The British were at each each, you know, country yeah. that was fighting had different areas Sword that they beach, stormed. Gold Beach. Yes, yeah, so the, they were all different. So mm-hmm. Normandy Beach is where, you know, the majority of the U.S. Omaha Beach. Omaha Beach, excuse yeah. me, right. where the U.S. And, and the beach looks just like it did all those years ago. There's absolutely nothing built on it. That just sounds cooler. It, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Let's play. Is there one more cut? One down? more. You and I have been in Normandy together. The 75th anniversary will probably be the last one in which we have veterans. Is there a danger we'll lose sight of the real meaning? I think the danger is that it be, enters into some sort of like mythological place where it just becomes a time of, you know, gods and heroes. If we ever forget that it was a bunch of individuals that went over it and they all had names like Ernie and Buck and Robert, that's when we've done a bad job of being citizens of the world, I think. Yeah, so, and then, yeah, the little town is Colleville-sur-Mer is the town where the American cemetery is and that uh, museum and everything. But, yeah, it really... That's really, that was really worth it, wasn't it? Oh, it was, you know, it was just so incredible to be there and also... um, you know, at the time that we went, what, you know, something was going on and our guide was just like, he said, uh, the, the, the guide from the, at the American cemetery, he said, don't, don't you know, don't tell your president, uh, the Americans pay for the upkeep of this cemetery, mm. even though it's on French land, oh, yeah. but for the they upkeep of the thing, he's like, Shh, you know, <laughs> because it was like somewhat strained relations, you know, um, mm going that were going on and kind of still going on and uh anyway and everyone just kind of laughed and we're like yeah we'll keep it a secret but you know the cemetery is up on this beautiful bluff and there are a couple of little tiny restaurants Mm -hmm. but there are still you know townspeople and it's just cute little town after town where somebody's grandparent or grandmother they were part of the resistance because remember the the paratroopers landed way behind in, you know, behind, in the behind the beach, right. yeah. behind the yeah, lines yeah, to yeah. try and set up things. And they had to rely and hope that a farmer wouldn't turn them in or that, right. you know, so that they could set there up. There was stuff. A lot of them got lost. They were dropped in the wrong place. Because right. they jumped at three yeah. in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, I'm glad uh, that, you know, they kind of revisited. And of course, Steven Spielberg, uh, he made that movie pr- to honor his father who mm-hmm. was in uh, World War Two, And he just said, you know, People don't know this story. They don't know like what. And most of these kids were 16, 17, 18, right. 19 years old. And I think of his other one, Schindler's List. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Heavy mm-hmm. topics. Yeah, I know. I know. He's brought those, those are two really but he amazing never, movies. Yeah, he had never done, you know, because was Private Ryan before Schindler's no, List? No, Schindler's List. I, I think Schindler's oh, Private Ryan was before it was Schindler's List. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because sure I think he said, you know, he'd only done his sci fi, right. Yeah. Yeah. you know, movies. So anyway, all right. So just a, a little history on this Thank Friday you. afternoon and to remember. Uh, uh, remember, you know, the brave men and women on uh, D-Day. And it's coming up June 6th. Yes, it is. Today is May 31st. Listen, we come back. Can I just mention one thing Yeah, Donnie. Because you know that my, my mother, yes, she was in London during the war, lived through the Blitz. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember asking her when she was still, you know, 
could answer questions, right. although her memory of those years... She couldn't, remember, she couldn't remember yesterday, but she could remember 60 years ago. I right. said, did you know something was up? And she said, no, we didn't know anything was up, but we figured something was happening when we looked up and saw dozens and dozens of airplanes heading towards Going France. Going that way. Amazing. Yes. Wow. So I thought she was going to say when all the American boys left. Yeah. <laughs> left down and there was nobody to dance with. Yeah, well, she danced with a lot of soldiers. Yeah, I know it. Donnie, <laughs> yes. really. And what, Julia? Schindler's List was 93. Oh, and Saving Private Ryan, I knew, I yeah. remember. It was oh. 98. Oh, sorry, Look Julia. Look at that. That's right. wrong. Yeah, but like a man or myself answered with such confidence. I know you did, but yeah. I, knew you were, to, I knew you were both wrong. <laughs> so you had to Google it. Redemption. All right, That's listen. Right. When we come back, uh, we're going to Hollywood speak. Maybe Sparkly Batman will be one of them. So what are you trying to say? Hollywood. Hollywood speaking. What is the meaning of this? Okay, I feel like we're in the middle of a... What? Can we call it a... Kismic moment? No, a Keanu... How would you say a Keanu renaissance? A Keanu-sance. Yes. There you go. That is what oh. we're in, Julia. I just feel it. Like, you know, he was on the cover of GQ last oh, week. Oh, Posted it. John Both Wick. of my sisters and my brother saw John Wick 3 and just said it Did was so satisfying. It? And, you know, he. I. I kind of feel like if you look at... Keanu Reeves and the other actors that are like of his generation, you know, Clooney, Brad Pitt, um, what's his name up there? Johnny Depp. <laughs> I know. No, it's, wait a minute. I know. It's it's Donnie. It's what's come to this. It's come to this. What's, what's his name? And she points to the man while behind me when you've supported him forever. I know, but the only unproblematic dude in the whole group is Keanu. That's right. Right? Yep. From all those people. He's like the uncomplicated dude from the big Lebowski, you know? He's just... I never... I don't even know who you Well, he doesn't about. mean any harm, Joy. He just finds work and simple joys. He doesn't disrespect. He doesn't hate anyone. My God, when the plane landed in Bakersfield, he was a tour guide for the plane people. What? Remember? Remember the plane, his plane emergency landed and they had to bus everybody to L.A. And When was that? Oh, it was just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, oh, I, I missed so. that. Oh, it was so funny. And he was like the Bakersfield sound and he was just calling, don't worry, everyone, our luggage is going to come. He's just, <laughs> a, a, how do you call it? A, a Keanu sense. Yes, that's what we're in. Anyway, he's so wise and handsome and beautiful. He is beautiful. Anyway, this is from an interview with The Cut. And here he was asked, um, really, what person doesn't want to get asked this question in an interview? Tell me what it is. What does love mean to you? Love means wow. never needing to say I'm sorry. <laughs> love means okay. always putting the other person first. Yeah. I mean, love isn't that just the worst question? Like terrible question. Purple and orange and yellow all mixed what in What did he one. say? This is what he said. He goes, you mean romantic love? And he goes, you know... I'm the lonely guy. I don't have anyone in my life. But if it does occur, I would respect and love the other person. Hopefully it'll happen for me. Oh my I gosh. Mean, the fact <laughs> that he haba, gives haba. how about the fact that he gives an honest answer automatically assumes it's a romantic love and pick pick 
Me, Keanu, yeah, pick yeah, me. Okay, yeah. No, I mean, there's any number of people. I don't know if he's really lonely or if he's just grown into a loner. In other words, that he's happy enough to walk his own life, do his own thing, and he's made his peace with, you know, he just doesn't have the, you know, like he's okay with it. It wasn't Being old. single? Yeah. But I was just, but you know, said- I'm the lonely guy. I don't have anyone in my life. But if it occurs, I hope I love and respect the other woman. Hopefully it'll happen for me. Oh, my gosh. Don't let Halle Berry read this interview. Stay away from her. I know, but kind of in a hot way. But no, no, I know she's too cray. She's too cray. Mm -hmm. Mm -mm. Can't Mm -hmm. go on. She's got vulva dementia. Okay, vulva dementia. <laughs> I love it. Thanks for bringing that one back. No problem. But here, I just looked at it on my notebook yeah. and I thought, that made me laugh. Uh, yeah, vulva dementia. Okay, but he did tell a kind of a cute story about a girlfriend he had when he was 17. Oh, I love this story so much. He goes, I was 17 and I had an older girlfriend who turned me on to a lot of music. I had these car, this car with speakers in the back and she turned me on to bands like Joy Division and the Violent Femmes. We would get in the car, drink a little, do this or that. And I'd put the speakers on top of the car and we'd go to a park and dance. Oh, I love that. <gasps> oh, I love that. I know. And Joy Division, that would be good. All, all of that. That whole thing right there just Keanu. is happiness. A Keanu sans. Does he have any siblings or anything? Julia, we're not going to Google him. We're going to continue to Hollywood speak. Try and focus. Uh, Big Little Eyes premieres a week from Sunday. Reese Witherspoon gave it uh, on the cover of Allure magazine. Here's what she has to say about her best makeup tip. She goes, my makeup artist taught me how to put on false eyelashes. She hates it. I put on a full strip but I'm from the South. I love a good old-fashioned drugstore strip lash. I do, too. I, <laughs> She's I, talking Ardell. I know. I, I agree, Lori. And I, the, the, the they, Ardell, they are good. Once you learn how to do them. They're I, beautiful. They're beautiful. Anyway, I pop it on, put a little liquid line over it, and I feel like my eyes look open. And But yes, always put liquid eyeliner over your eyelash. And that is very true. Yeah. Because then it blends in, too. Yeah, and what is Reese's uh, two biggest beauty regrets? Plucking the eyebrows really thin. Oh, like so many people did. in the Pamela Anderson in the 90s. Yes, And dark brown lipstick. Remember when that was in? Yeah. I don't know. Pamela Anderson again. Yeah, she did that, too. (laughs) Yeah. Here's the thing. Look at your tongue. Stick it out. Look at your lips. that match it. Go two shades lighter or darker from your tongue. Mm. So, like, if Good you're tip. not like if you're not a dark skinned woman, mm-hmm. you are not really going to look good and in a darker purple hue, darker brown, because that is mm. that doesn't match your skin tone in any way. But man, do we just try? Like, and if you want your teeth to look white, wear more, wear more more blue red. Blue red, mm-hmm. unless it's not your thing. Anyway, there you go. With she's Reese. cute, you know. She, she is cute. She's just like us. Ardell Lash. I feel like she'd like us. Mm-hmm. I really do. Yeah. She would. Yeah. 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 yeah do you, do you yeah. think whenever someone in their 40s says, I prefer this to my 20s, do you think, bitch, you lie or bitch, you tell the truth? Oh, my gosh. I like my, oh, oh, per, way. Yeah. No, no. I love it. Okay. I mean, 
you're just, you know so much more. You're so much comfortable in your skin and not everything's such a big deal. Yeah, yeah. less drama. Less yeah. drama. Yeah. Okay, Stedman Graham. <laughs> he, I like this. That's Oprah Winfrey's partner. That's right. Her longtime partner since the 80s. Uh, he said uh, he had a little uh, thing with Ellen today. They're neighbors. They're in neighbors. Montecito. Okay, even mm-hmm. though he's there to talk about his new book, Identity Leadership, to lead others, you must first lead yourself. Oh, boy. I oh, know. Lori, but it's a very true statement. You can't be, can't to love others, you must first love yourself. You can apply that to anything. I know it. You I'm, can. Oh, God, you're so funny. I know, but that is just a I lot of lead. I love how you do that snoring. Yeah, d- identity, I'm already. I'm looking it up. Identity, no, what is it called? Identity mm-hmm. Leadership, to lead others, you must first lead yourself. I mean, it's like, Hello. <laughs> That is a terrible title. Oh, and I can't yeah. believe Oprah let him do that. this course. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said uh, about his relationship, he goes, the thing about our relationship is I want what's best for her. So I'm de- dedicated to her happiness. So that's great for her. Yes, it is. Yes. That's how it should be. I love that is, answer. Isn't it? How many times have we ever heard somebody say that? I'm dedicated to her happiness. happiness. So that's great for her. And, Yes, for it him, is. it works out Great too. Sentiment. I love that. And it's official. Julia hates that Robert Pattinson is the new Batman. 